Well, I want to say uh, on behalf of myself and my family, I want to say thank you so much as church community uh, for loving my family through a really difficult time of grief as the Lions lost last week. Um, I wasn't sure if I was going to be here this morning or not, but, um, you know, God is my rock. The Lord is near to the brokenhearted. So, no, uh, yes, I'm from Michigan originally, big Detroit Lions fan, uh, which is how you know I'm a, a true man of faith, okay? No one else would be. Um, but what an incredible season, and I'm just believing next year, Super Bowl bound, baby. But anyways, you know, one of the things that, that did kind of help make it not feel so, so much of a sting is that I was, I was riding on a high still last week from getting back from uh, a week in Guatemala. Um, uh, myself and uh, Ruth Ann and Jonathan Lewis and Justin Webster got to go along with uh, um, uh, some people from my home church in, in Greenville, Michigan, we went down to uh, Guatemala. And it was my third time, our first time with a ministry called Give and Teach. And uh, it was an incredible time. Again, I promise at some point there will be a video where you'll get to hear from other people other than just me and get to see um, some of the imagery of what was going on. Um, but it was an incredible um, time of seeing God's people who, who live very different circumstances from us, um, really show us what living in the present, living with grateful hearts, looks like. Uh, I, I really appreciated, we, we got to do many different things. We got to be a part of some um, food, food give-out type, a few di- distribution type things. Uh, we got to uh, put on some vacation Bible schools, which was pretty awesome, which uh, Jonathan Lewis and I are about the same height. He's about 6'6", and I'm probably like 6'2", I think, we'll go with. Um, but it was pretty incredible to see him just all the kids kind of looking up at him because they hadn't seen people as tall as him. Uh, But one of the other things that we got to do is this ministry does almost sort of a Habitat for Humanity type of um, house program where uh, there's a selection process for uh, people who may be deserving and needing of a home. And uh, there's going to be some pictures, I think, that are going to be up here that you'll see of these are very basic homes. They're with a, with a cement slab and, and wood, wood uh, framing. I mean, here's the thing. I'm not handy at all, and I got to help build these, which is pretty cool. Uh, but you're going to see on the inside very humble houses where uh, there, were, there were about two, or 20 feet by 20 feet, um, three rooms, kind of a living space, and two bedrooms, and they got a bed, and they got houses, and they were beautiful structures, but what I want you to see here in a moment are the pictures of the faces of these uh, two single moms who got these houses. If you'll uh, go to the next slide, please. Um, one more. You can see the joy on the face of these women. Go, go to the next, There we go. Um, there was such a sense of pride and joy and excitement over prayers that had been prayed for a while coming to fruition. And one of the things that I loved about it was this reality that these homes that we built, which honestly by our standards were were more like a a really nice shed, were received with such grateful hearts. And they were looked at as not just a a house, not just a, a structure, not just a building, but honestly the foundation of a future that was brighter because of it. That ultimately, at the end of the day, this, this home ownership was something that was going to be able to catapult and transform the lives of these women and their children that other things may not have. And at the end of the day, this building, this house, gave way for a brighter future with a real home. This morning, we're starting a new series called uh, Foundations for a Brighter Future. 
And in this series, what, what we want to do is we want to talk about as both individuals but also as a church family, what does it look like to invest in and be a part of ensuring that our foundation is on the right thing, that we're building in the right ways that lead us to a life that Jesus promised us, that helps us actually ensure that we are living out the calling that he has called us toward. Because at the end of the day, I'm no builder, I'm not that wise, but I think most of us would understand this concept that a good foundation is the key to a bright future. That without a good foundation, uh, things are not going to go well. If you want to turn with me to the Gospel of Matthew chapter 7, Jesus uh, told us this in, in one of my favorite parables that he gives. This is Matthew chapter 7, and this is verses 24 through 27. And it says this, Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. The rain came, and the stream rose, and the winds blew and beat against the house. Yet it did not fall, because it has a foundation on the rock. But everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice is like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. The rain came, and the streams rose, and the wind blew and beat against the house, and it fell with a great crash. This parable that Jesus gives, I, I love because it paints a foundational picture of what it looks like to live a life of wisdom, which we just got done with a series on wisdom, in which we are actually building our life upon Christ. And you see, a, a person or a church with a foundation built on anything other than Jesus is doomed. We see that there is this obvious principle that when our lives, when our church is built on the faith that is only in Jesus, that is focused on the things that he calls his followers to do, it'll outlast anything. And yet we see culturally, we see historically that churches, and even people, right, they rise and they fall. And oftentimes the fall doesn't come just by mistake or, 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 or random happening. It's intentionality to stop putting one's foundational faith, its focus on the only one who truly matters, which is Jesus. We see churches rise and fall oftentimes because instead of their foundation being on Jesus and his mission, it becomes on personal preference, comes on greed, comes on all sorts of things. And yet, the churches that continue to be beautiful expressions of hope and love and joy and peace, the ones who continue to uh, see disciples being grown up, the ones that, we, that see baptisms like we'll see later today, are the ones that continually put their foundational being on Jesus, his teaching, his commandments, his way. And this is really, really important. As we tread into this new series, part of what we're going to be doing is talking a little bit about our church, where we've been, where we are, and where we feel like God is taking us. In 1930, there were three couples who launched the church that we are today. They started as a prayer meeting on faith with the desire to connect with other believers and in particular start a church here in Kokomo. And slowly as, as things went on, 
people took notice. More people began being drawn not only to this church, but to Jesus. And during this time, this, this almost 90-year uh, history, uh, we have seen this church, which I have not been here for, I've only been here for about the last 10 of it, we've seen the focus continually be on reaching people with the good news of Jesus Christ. And it's been through four or five different buildings. It's been through lots of different pastors and lay leaders. It's been through seasons that were really beautiful and just full of growth and ones in which felt like they weren't going to make it. We see at every season in our church's history, the people who were a part of it had to rely on faith and be focused on our mission, on our why. Fifteen years ago, our church moved to this current facility. They moved from the north side of Kokomo. We are where the Goodwill used to be over there. Uh, and they moved here on faith. I was talking to my friend Steve Bice this morning, uh, who is our senior adult minister director. He's been here for a while. And, and he said, it's, it's a beautiful thing as I walk into our church and I see people that I don't know because they are prayers answered for when we moved. That our hope and our desire in a move was to reach people we had yet to know. To find people who didn't know Jesus who'd come be a part of our community. And you see, our, our big why really has always been, maybe in different words, has been to love people and to lead them to new life in Christ. Our goal at the very forefront was never to, to build a big building, to have great programs, do all those things. At the end of the day, every bit of decisions was for the purpose and the desire to reach people with the good news of Jesus Christ. And what's pretty incredible is in the 15 years uh, since we've moved to this location, we have had over 100 people be baptized. Uh, we've had countless parent-child dedications. There has been thousands upon thousands of hours of recovery ministry that has happened here. Countless lives touched, taken away from the jaws of addiction and finding freedom in Jesus. There's been youth who have grown up in a turbulent, weird, confusing time who've had an anchor of understanding that there were people who cared about them and loved them in this place. There's been uh, a preschool that's been birthed that has served hundreds of different families, reached people with the love of Jesus that they might not have uh, experienced had they not put their kid into a ministry like this. And there have been countless lives ones that many of us probably may never know this side of heaven, who have been impacted because of ministries that have happened in and through this community. And we say oftentimes around here that the church is more than a building, but this is a beautiful tool that we've been given. But I want you to hear um, from some other people other than me, as a person who wasn't here kind of long-term, but who is, has got to be a part of its most recent history. I, I, I invited, and, and throughout this series, you're going to hear from other people. Um, because I think it's really important to tell our stories. We, we are a storied people. There's a reason why throughout the New Testament in particular, we often hear uh, about how followers of Jesus should be ready to share about the good things that God has done in and through them. And so I, I asked three, three of my friends who are people who either grew up here in this church or have been a part of this church for uh, a little bit more uh, substantial time than me to share a little bit about um, what they remember about moving to this location, what they remember about the heartbeat of this church, and, and just some of the things that they um, believe in their bones about our church, our future, 
uh, and what makes it great. So uh, would you guys check out this video with me? My name is Marla Branion, and technically I've been with the church since the day I was born, but consistently I would say I've been here for the last like five and a half or six years. My name is Brad Priday. I've been a part of this church for almost 20 years. We moved back here in 2004 and we started attending church here. We had gone to a church for God in Missouri and so we wanted to uh, continue on here in Kokomo. My name's Larry Daly. I've been attending here since, me and Nancy's been here since 1977, going to this church. I was getting ready to go to college, I think, when we started talking about building and moving. So I can remember like the capital funds campaign and the money raising aspect of it. Um, and then I went off to college. So whenever I would come back, there was a period of time where the church was meeting at Main Street United Methodist. So I can remember coming back, going to church with my mom and dad, and we were at Main Street for a period of time. I'm not really sure, maybe like a year and a half or so. Um, and then when the church was built in 08, I believe, I would come back from college again and I would be here for that. And my dad actually, Ben Minton, built the stage and like the stairs in the front. And then he also put the kitchen together. So I feel like we've kind of had to, we've been able to be a part of the journey of transitioning from Sycamore Street to Park. And it's been really exciting to be a part of that and see it happen. Uh, the, one of the main reasons was room. We had looked at adding on to the church. Uh, we'd had a chance to buy Ponderosa. That did not work out. Uh, it ended up selling to Taco Bell and we didn't go there. And we'd looked at some other churches and we were gonna have to remodel, add on Sunday school rooms. And, and the location we're at now, we just kept coming back here. We looked at uh, the old Delco Park and that didn't work out. And for some reason, we always came back to this location yeah, when we moved here, they had already purchased this land here on Park in 26. And uh, actually, whenever in 2008, whenever we came here and the church was built, uh, I was the chairman of the board, so I had a lot of involvement and, and of that excitement as it continued to build. And uh, it's just been a great opportunity. And being in business, in the business community, I, I knew that that area that we were in there on, on uh, Sycamore, it would be, was coming more commercial, even though you had residential across the street, that the whole area has been more uh, commercialized. And uh, so it was a good move for us, I think, and a lot of the movement in the city moved uh, here to the south in the southwest part of, the, of Kokomo. My favorite thing about South Creek, I guess it's probably gonna be twofold, is one, the preschool, because both of my kids go to South Creek Preschool and we love it. We appreciate knowing that there are people here that we know, that we know love and take care of our kids. Um, but I would say big picture, I really like that the church is a decent size to where you don't know everyone, but there's still an opportunity to know people through small groups and things like that. But when I walk in, because I've been here for a really long time, there's still people that I know personally that I've known for like 37 or you know 36 years. Uh, and then there's new relationships that I've been able to build as well. And so I, I would say that's the aspect I like. I feel like our church is approachable. One of my favorite things about the church is uh, there's so many young couples and young families, which means there's young children. It excites me that uh, these families have are coming to accept Christ. You know, we've found out that 
through our studies of, of the preschool that there's a lot of our um, families that go to the preschool are unchurched people and we we have uh, several of those who've now come to be a part of the church have become baptized and now are leaders of this church and so that's excites me plus all the ministries that we have such as our recovery ministry and what we do and how we reach out to the community i just really appreciate that because that's what we're asked to do is to reach others and for christ and and that's what we we do here at south creek favorite things about the church uh We've attended here several years, like since 1977. We've had a lot of friends here and, you know, health-wise when we're not well, we've got lots of people at this church prays for us. We're in a small group and they pray for us. And, and it is so nice to have backing behind you, the Christians that can pray for you. And that's really the reason I love this church. They're just a great group of people. So the two things I'm most excited about for the future of our church is that I feel like we have a future. We have a really good balance of young, middle-aged, which is starting to be me, and then older people. I feel like our church is just very diverse. Uh, so I'm excited to see where that goes and the growth that, that happens with that. And the other thing that I'm excited for is just seeing where South Creek Preschool goes and takes us. I feel like we've made a huge impact on just the Kokomo and Howard County community. And just seeing that transform over the next like five to 10 years is gonna be something really cool to be a part of. Uh, there's a lot of things that excite me about our future, but I just think that there's so many opportunities for us to continue to grow as a church and to reach out to our community. And we have done that in so many ways with the ministries we have, but we can help enhance those ministries and other ministries that um, come in the near future. And so I'm just excited about our, the youth of our church, the, the young children, the youth group, the young adults, uh, I mean, all ages, but it just seems like it's a good bond of people that love each other and want to uh, love others. All the kids that go here, that's the future of the church. You know, I know my days are limited, but I know the future of this church is going to go on for many years. There's so many kids around here. When we have the Sunday, when all the kids are at the church, when they get up and leave, it looks like half the church is left. So I know that's the future and that's so exciting because that's the growth of the church. I wholeheartedly believe that when we are stepping into a church community that it's not just about what our church can offer us but what we can offer our church and how we can use the tools and the gifts that God has given us to um, just lean into that and help the church grow in that way we all have different things that we're good at and being able to bring that skill set I feel like is really important. I love being with the little kids. I feel like that's where I really thrive and then obviously being on stage and singing as well. And it's just important. I feel like the sacrifice goes both ways. We have to step into a church community being willing to give back and not just take, even though it's kind of a thing that goes hand in hand. I love serving at this church and doing lots of things here. And it's, it's kind of like your family and your kids. You will do things for your kids that you will never do for anybody else. And I look at the church in the same way. I do things here that I won't do for other clubs or other organizations because I love this church. And, and it's a big sacrifice doing that, but it's very important to me. It's, it has nothing to do with getting to heaven. It's because I love this church. 
and I love Jesus and I do that because I love him and I just like to keep his building, his facilities looking the very best, the most professional we can. I spend a lot of times here alone doing different things and I love every bit of it and I would not change it. Uh, it's been worth sacrificing and serving to me because there were others that sacrificed and served that helped me become a child of God. Um, there are people that I didn't know that who were praying for me. There are people who were uh, building the church that I grew up in in Missouri um, that sacrificed their time, their talent, their money. And uh, I, I just feel like that's what I'm called to do is to, to serve this church and to serve this community. And, and ultimately I'm serving God and, and by that, it's just a, a byproduct of that. And so I just, that's excites me that what's happening here um, people say that these times are not the best of times, but I think that they are. sometimes that's when we have to dig deep and help. And uh, I think it's our time to help. I love hearing from those friends. Um, first of all, I gotta say, Marla, I feel that about the uh, feeling like I'm more like a middle-aged person now. That's a weird thing. I say that as a joke, but also it's true. When I moved here 10 years ago, I was like the youngest like adult person. And now there's tons of you who make me feel really old uh, because you're a real adults who are here who are younger than me. I love what Brad in particular said at the end there about this idea that um, his recognition that there are others who came before him. You know, when we stand in this place, when we worship together, there's a recognition that we in many ways stand on the shoulders of those who have came before that throughout the history of this church, there have been people who have been willing to sacrifice to advance the mission uh, for people that they likely wouldn't know. I mean, it's an interesting thing, right? Church is weird because um, it's oftentimes we are sacrificing, we are serving, we are pushing forward. We are going through at times hard times for people who we may never know this side of heaven, which is a pretty incredible thing. Now, the invitation um, during this next month, during this sort of journey, is that in the spirit of, of celebrating kind of the 15 years of ministry, in this recognition of it takes intentionality to have a brighter future, uh, we are uh, inviting you into something that we're calling Heart for the House. As we've been hitting kind of this 15-year mark, we're, we're recognizing that our building is at a place of need to continue to be able to effectively do ministry while also being able to point forward and take steps uh, in, that will help us reach people in new ways. Now, hear this with me, friends. Our church is the people, not the building. Our church is a tool, not a temple. But at the end of the day, this great gift that we've been given is something that we've been given to steward, to manage, to use well. And one of the things that's pretty incredible, as I mentioned, there's been tons of life impact. One of the things that I love about our church is the fact that our church gets used well above most churches. There are many churches in, in our country who get used for, for a handful of hours once a week. Ours, there's about 50 hours each week that there are ministries happening in our church building, which is quite incredible when you really think about it, which is awesome. But again, our building is an incredible tool, which means it's something worth uh, investing to make sure that it's really great. So what I want to share with you guys just very briefly, and there'll be time for more elaboration, more consideration, prayer, things like that. There'll be times later for you to be able to ask more questions about this. We're going to step into uh, something that we're calling as a generosity initiative called Heart for the House. 
And what we'll be doing in this is there's going to be four phases that we're hoping to complete within this year. And uh, hang with me for just a moment, uh, because these things may seem insignificant, but I want to tell you why they're certain, uh, why, why they're really important. So uh, I'll tell you about them and the, the heartbeat behind them and maybe some frequent last questions. So phase one would be this, and you'll see the total with the thing um, kind of out there. We want to do some things during phase one, like redoing the flooring in our lobby and our office wing because they're getting a little bit ugh. Uh, we'd like to maybe give the stage a little bit of a, of a refresh because it's been quite a while. Um, fun fact, you probably don't know, uh, these lights, we can't use all the different colors because some of them are broken because we haven't bought new ones in a while. There's some things we'd like to do. Uh, we'd like to be able to get a new camera for live stream to better effectively share online uh, the gospel of Jesus Christ through uh, some different means. We have some plans and some desires to use social media and things like that, YouTube to reach people with the good news of Jesus. And we know some of those things could become more effective. And uh, again, the building is 15 years old. So there are things that are starting to go out like AC units, which are a wonderful thing. And so we want to have money set aside. In phase two, uh, we would like to update the lighting with inside the building to LEDs that hopefully would not only save uh, money in the long run, but also uh, before the lights go out, because these are all original. We'd like to uh, paint the exterior of the building. In phase three, we would like to get a couple more AC units, um, and we'd like to do some refreshes of some of our next generation spaces, like our youth room and some of our kids' classrooms, to just make them look a little bit more fun and inviting, as well as getting new signage and kind of a little bit of a, a facelift of the lobby. And then phase four, which I'm really, really excited about, is the idea of being able to create a investment slash endowment fund for our church. Now, there are things that the board is still working on to finalize all the parameters within this, but the idea behind this would just be this. Rather than just having a mere sort of savings account, uh, it would be awesome in a world where giving trends continue to go down for churches and charitable organizations. We love the idea of possibly having a, a fund in which grows over time. So that way, during uh, e each year, we could choose either to roll the monies back in or be able to use them for uh, uh, principal payments on our existing mortgage. Maybe there's a, uh, a budget shortfall one year. Maybe there is um, an opportunity to be generous towards one of our ministry partners that is outside of the scope of our normal budget. And one of the things I love about this idea is uh, for, in particular, the in inviting of people to be able to do legacy giving that lasts beyond their own earthly life. This summer, uh, my wife Hunter and I got the chance to uh, do a will, which felt really morbid and made us feel really old. Um, and one of the awesome things, though, that we got to do, which was fun, was to be able to uh, name the church as a, as a benefactor of our estate, which is, oh man, so much. But, <laughs> no, but the thing we forget sometimes is that um, Things that feel insignificant, um, oftentimes God uses to grow. And one of the cool things about the idea of something like this is I love the idea that if, if someday I was to die, which I guess someday I will die, um, I love the idea of possibly being able to give towards my church community who I believe in, who has loved me and invested in me. And the cool thing about something like this is that my gift wouldn't just be the blip on the radar for one year's budget, but could continue to grow over and over over time, which is a really, really cool thing. The grand total of all four phases would be $84,000. Now, that is a lot of money I fully understand, but here's the incredible thing. Uh, many hands make light work, right? And the thing is, some of you might be sitting thinking like, bro, you haven't seen my budget. I ain't got nothing. Felt. But there's this reality that 
as my friend Brad said, it is worth sometimes when it is our time to invest in some of these things. And, and even to maybe make a, a decision about, maybe it's not a one-time gift, maybe it's something small ongoing that feels small and insignificant, but over time grows to be able to help us reach these goals. The idea of doing these phases is just this. Uh, each time that we get enough money to complete a project, we can immediately begin the project, which is really, really cool. The awesome thing about this is, um, is the fact that obviously we want to complete all the funds, but even if we only complete two of the funds, it's still going to be like, yay God, this is awesome. But let me run through a few kind of frequently asked questions. I'm sure there'll be more in the, the coming days and weeks. Why, why are we doing these projects? Um, again, our building is 15 years old now. If, if you're a homeowner, you get it. You kind of hit 15 feels like one of those magic numbers where there are things that just start falling apart. And we're trying to just be the best stewards we can and look forward to ministry. When will these projects start? Again, as soon as we have money for each project, we can do it. We don't even have to wait for a phase to be fully funded. We can be able to do it as soon as the projects come in. You may be asking questions like, well, what if you've overestimated or underestimated on the projects? Uh, the idea is that if we overestimate on a project, let's say somehow we realize uh, there's, there's grant money for something or something happens, the cool thing is we just get to roll the money down along the line through the different phases. Uh, what happens if we overestimate uh, or, or underestimate? The idea is that we try to overestimate a little bit on these with the idea that uh, hopefully we don't run into issues, but if we did, we would seek the guidance of government's board and share with congregation as needed. Might be saying, well, why can't we just do this in the general budget? Uh, here's the thing. God has been really great to our church throughout the years, but it is not like we are riding on a large um, surplus oftentimes. And so doing this would allow additional funds to deal with some updates that we have that might give a little bit of relief to our regular budget, while also letting us pursue some dreams that are outside of the scope of our normal budget. So if you're starting to be like, okay, this is great, so you want me to move kind of my regular giving over to this? Please don't. Uh, the idea for Heart for the House is this idea that this would be something that goes over and above kind of regular giving. And we also get, some of you may be like, I don't know if I like just kind of throwing the money out there and seeing what the church does. Um, one of the cool things about this is this gives you the chance to say, I really like this and I want to see this funded. You get to see exactly what happens. Sometimes it's harder to see each week everything that's going on. This is a great opportunity for you to give to something that you know what you're 100% giving to. The timeline for this is just going to be this. We're going to have sort of a commitment Sunday on February 25th, but you can start giving now. You, can, um, uh, you don't have to give one big gift on that day. Uh, Hunter and I, our, our plan is that we're going to have a set-aside amount that we're going to give monthly throughout the rest of the year. One of the awesome things is there's a family actually who found out that we were doing this uh, and already uh, wrote us a $1,000 check to kind of kick things off, which is pretty incredible uh, as it's not even really started yet. Um, but here's the thing that I, I believe, and I'll kind of wrap this up, land the plane on this, is that brighter futures don't just happen. They take intentionality, they take sacrifice, they take faith. And I really believe that a heart for God's house will help lead to more of God's lost children finding their way home. That ultimately what we're not inviting you into is not for um, truly just a building, it's not for technologies. It's not for all those. At the end of the day, what it really is is an invitation to continue to invest in loving people and leading them to new life in Christ. In the Gospel of Matthew chapter 5, Jesus said this. He said, you are the light of the world. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. 
Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand, and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others, that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. Friends, one of my dreams is that, I, I, is that we want to be a lighthouse that helps people find safe passage to their home with their Savior. That at the end of the day, again, this isn't about budgets and buildings. This isn't about a church looking really cool or things like that. Ultimately, it's about effectively reaching people with the love of Jesus. And here's the thing. I sacrifice my time and my talents and my treasure for lots of things that have very little eternal consequences. One of the things that gets me excited to give towards this as a family myself is to think about the people who aren't sitting in this room yet, who someday will. Thinking about the people that someday will get in this to kind of take that next step in their faith. One of the things that excites me is getting to be a part of a legacy of love. Because there are people who have come before me who have done that for me, who may never know my story, but will see me in their eternity. The band's going to come out, we're going to sing one last song before we, we go into our baptism. So would you guys go ahead and stand with me? And as we go into a time of prayer, I, I would ask that maybe you begin to just uh, pose the question to God, what is he calling you to uh, think about being a part of this heart for the house. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we are grateful for um, you. We are grateful for your love. Uh, we're grateful for your provision. And Father, I, I am grateful to the, the many men and women who, through the history of this church and, and just the larger church, uh, have, Father, done things that were sacrificial, have taken steps of faith that ultimately led to uh, my journey of faith that allowed me to find you as Savior, that has allowed me to be nurtured, that has allowed my children uh, to have a brighter future. And so, Father, would you help us as a church continue to ensure that our foundation is on you and your mission? And, Father, would you, uh, Father, would you just place it on our heart, whatever it is, that we would live open-handedly as people who, who, who are, are fueled by faith, who desire to be generous, and who want to see lives changed. And so, Father, whatever that may be, whatever part you may be asking us to play, Father, we recognize some will be able to, 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 to do things that, that feel just crazy, and some may feel like it's small. But, Father, we, we recognize every step of faith, every sacrifice, every bit counts and matters. Most of all, Father, my greatest desire in this moment is that we would continue to be people who just want to be in your presence. That ultimately the greatest gift is just to be with you. Father, I pray that maybe there's some in this room even who, Father, have never just surrendered to you. And that this would be their opportunity just to surrender to you. To decide to follow you. No matter what comes their way. Because you are good. And you are worth it. So Father, speak to us as we sing this song. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen.